This episode of Manage Smarter is presented by Sales Fuel Coach, our adaptive sales coaching featuring five-minute quick coaching personalized to each sales rep. Learn more about Sales Fuel Coach at salesfuel.com. Welcome to the Manage Smarter Podcast with hosts C. Lee Smith and Audrey Strong. We're glad you're here for discussions on new ways to manage smarter, hire, develop, and retain talent, improve results, and propel team performance to new heights. This is the Manage Smarter Podcast. Lee, our guest today has one of my favorite business names of all the guests we've had in three seasons of this show. What is it? Ugly Mug Marketing. I just love the play on words. It's so clever. Who hasn't gotten an ugly mug from a marketer? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but the name has a dual meaning, and we'll talk about that with our guest, Wayne Mullins. Welcome to Manage Smarter, everyone. I'm Audrey Strong, the Vice President of Communications here at SalesFuel. And I'm Celie Smith, the President and CEO of SalesFuel. So we're going to talk about something that we haven't really talked about since March when the pandemic hit, which is marketing. And our expert today is Wayne Mullins, founder and CEO, like I said, of Ugly Mug Marketing. Over the past two decades, he has scaled multiple companies and helped hundreds of entrepreneurs do the same with their companies. His passion is helping people challenge their assumptions. We love that. Create value from places they've never looked. We love that too. And have more freedom than they previously believed possible in their business life. Who doesn't like um, that? Who doesn't like that? So Wayne Mullins, thanks all the way from Louisiana. Thanks for coming to the show. Thank both of you so much. I'm greatly looking forward to our conversation today. It's great. So I know um, you've done sales and marketing. You have did sales before you started your own marketing firm. Do you want to talk a little bit about your background first? And then we want to talk to you about your view of how to pivot since March. We were in a whole new world right now, as you know. Sure, absolutely. So as you said, my background is in sales uh, for some reason. I don't know why, but my parents back when I think I was a sophomore or junior in college gave me for Christmas some CDs by this gentleman of the name Zig Ziglar. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And I don't know why they did that, but um, Zig did a phenomenal job through those CDs of selling me on the profession of selling. Um, he also sold me on the idea of what he would call back then automobile university. So being a continual student and continually learning whatever it is that your, your path is. So if it sells, study and sell, if it's marketing, constantly studying and improving in those areas. Um, so I studied sales and when I graduated from college, I graduated with a degree in marketing, but Zig had sold me on selling. So I wanted to go in sales. Um, my first few years in sales were, were kind of uh, rough and kind of patchy, but I kept studying, kept learning. And over that time, I, I really improved. And it got to the point where I was doing very well for the company that I was working for and started kind of looking at my sales figures thinking, hmm, if I'm making this much money for them, what if I did something for myself? And so the only real skills I guess I had at that point other than selling was in lawn and landscape. So I decided to leave my good sales job, eight to five, Monday through Friday, lots of benefits, and start a lawn and landscape company. And for those down in the South, you understand that uh, Louisiana in the summer is not exactly an ideal place to be outside. But (laughs) over the course of that that next little period of time, about a three-year period, I grew that company literally from zero. I grew to a very sizable company, probably the largest or, or close to the largest in our area. And I sold that company. Um, 
And it was during the course of that growth that I started having a lot of friends and a lot of actual, our, our marketing, I'm sorry, our lawn care clients come to me and ask me, how are you growing? How are you marketing your company so well that you're growing this fast? Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the, the very beginning stages of me working with other entrepreneurs and business owners, helping them in their marketing efforts. And that reminds me of my favorite Zig Ziglar quote, which is you can get everything in life if you, that you want if you, you're just willing to help other people get what they want. You know, so it's really not sell, sales is helping. And it's all about helping the other people. That's what you do in marketing. Top of funnel, it's what I do in sales, bottom of the funnel. Uh, and it's pretty much something you have to do all the way through. I mean, that, that's why we exist and that's why people give us money to do it. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with that. And it's one of my favorite quotes as well. It's so true. So since March, when we at our company and I'm in charge of the, you know, the marketing and the PR, and I agree with you, people confuse the definition of marketing. Marketing is the umbrella, PR, advertising, multimedia all come under different prongs of the wagon wheel. You and I are agreed on that. Um, But how have you pivoted and counseled your clients in pivoting with their marketing since March? Yeah, so it's been, you know, a few different ways that we pivoted. One of the big pivots that we made for our company and that we encourage our clients to make was that um, we, we really challenge ourselves to shift our platform and give our platform form over to our clients. And what I mean by that is um, we have a fairly decent sized Facebook page. We have a large email list. And what we said was we know we have a lot of clients who are hurting right now. They're, they're uncertain. They're kind of scared of what's going to take place in the marketplace. So we're going to bring them on. We're going to interview them uh, very similar to a podcast, but we're going to give them the stage and we're going to let them talk about what they're up to, how their business is transitioning during these uncertain times. And we also then challenge our clients to do the same for their customers. So we really made it about being for their communities, for their customers and for their clients that they serve. And what's so interesting about that is, you know, no one likes to be sold to, right? It goes back to that Zig Ziglar quote that Lee just mentioned. They want to be helped. They want to know that you care beyond just the point of sale. And so by sharing that platform, sharing the stage that you have, sharing the the resources that you have available, um, it all comes back in the end. It may not be immediate, but it will come back at some point in the future. I love that. We've been very careful with our messaging as well and sort of on certain things appearing not to be tone deaf. Are you counseling clients on that? I mean, it's it depends on what side of the pandemic I believe your business has fallen on. You know, some businesses are benefiting from what's happening and some are not. Yeah. And you're right. It is a very, you know, it's, it's very tricky depending on the industry, depending on the business. We have some clients who are, are absolutely thriving right now. And we have some who are, you know, their, their business. We have one client who is an international travel agent and she books very custom travel all over the world. And as you can imagine her, mm. what she did for a living for the past 30 years completely came to a halt for the first time in her career. Um, so the, the messaging and what takes place from a marketing perspective does have to adapt and it does have to be fluid enough um, so that you can make changes when the unforeseen takes place. And I think one thing to point out is that so often as entrepreneurs and business owners, we get so hung up on the tactics of what we do. So if it's making Facebook posts or if it's, you know, creating videos or or whatever the thing is, we get so hung up on the, the tactics of marketing or the tactics of sales that we often lose sight of the strategy. 
And one step above or kind of, you know, at a different level above the strategy would be the vision. What is the vision for our company? What is the vision that we have for our customers and our clients? And so what I would say is we've been coaching and walking them through, let's get recentered and refocused on the vision where are we going? Where are we trying to take our customers and our clients? And then let's also look at the strategies. So our tactics may be completely different today because of everything that's happened, mm-hmm. but we need to get realigned and recentered in the vision and in the strategies that we're pursuing. It's a great time to get back to basics and also the basics of your company, the basics of your sales team. Why do you exist? What makes us different? Uh, you know, why do people choose us you know, over other people? Why did we start this in the first place? Man, that kind of stuff. And, you know, I was just thinking about another thing related to this is do you find that people are starting to get fatigued a little bit with the COVID-19 marketing messages, uh, you know, of, you know, we're all in this together and everything like that when, you know, are there certain, is there a certain segment of the population would just crave a good nonsensical beer ad? I mean, these days, (laughs) are we there yet? Yeah. And again, the the challenge is though, you know, with the current situation we find ourselves in is that um, when you take a stand and when you downplay it, um, you you run the risk of making it a politicized advertisement at that point. And that's what's so tricky about the the current environment that we find ourselves Mm. in. Um, But to your point, what I would say, and this has always been true of marketing and it it is true of sales as well, but in marketing, what works is what stands out from everything else. So what works is what stands out. So if you're doing the exact same thing, first of all, that that you've always done, it's not working. Second, if you're doing the exact same thing that all your competitors and all your peers in your industry are doing, it's not gonna work. You're gonna blend in to the marketplace. So exactly what you're saying, it's just you do have to be careful because there is the risk right now of anything being politicized one way or the other. Well, and it seems to me, you know, Twitter is the Wild West and um, Dorsey has said he wanted to split Twitter into two. You guys have heard this, right? Mm-hmm. The Wild West Twitter where they don't, you know, screen things out and then more of an edited version of Twitter. But the environment overall has me a little bit concerned just because uh, there's so many people out of work and it's such a strange environment that you could put something out there that's relatively neutral and benign and still get, you know, mobbed. By the angry mob, um, are you counseling more aggressively against you know an overabundance of caution and content? Yes, absolutely. And, yeah. and we're even taking that as far as is having conversations with entrepreneurs and business owners and giving them some guidelines to have conversations with their staff and with their team um, because we've actually had a couple of clients who they themselves their organizations didn't make any particular posts that were you know, quote unquote offensive, but they had a staff member make something, a statement on their personal page, which then created ramifications back up into the organization. Mm-hmm. So we're having those conversations as well. How do you, how do you speak to your team about what's appropriate, what's not appropriate and, and kind of when is it appropriate to share your personal opinions? When's it not? All right. So, so what, let's drill down on that a bit. Like, what kinds of advice do you give to people on that? Because as a business owner, for example, uh, you, you feel like, uh, or even as a team leader, it's like you kind of feel like, well, wait a minute. It's like, do I have the right to tell people what to post on their personal social media accounts? 
Yeah. And, and the reality is that you don't unless, and again, I'm not an HR person. So big caveats right. here, like I'm not <laughs> HR. I don't understand HR law. Um, but, but from what I understand is if you don't already have in place a some policy. guidelines, mm-hmm. yeah, policy around social media and personal social media use, um, in most cases, you cannot step in now at this point and just arbitrarily give advice or give recommendations to your team. But, but here's the interesting thing. When you have a team that's aligned and when you have a team uh, that is all kind of, quote, unquote, pulling in the same direction and understands the vision of where you're trying to go as a company and a, as an organization, then this conversation becomes much easier because they understand the impact of what they may do or what they may say on their personal feeds, in their personal you know, space, so to speak, and how that can go back into the organization and affect the organization. Um, and so, sure, we all have opinions. Um, you know, every staff member, every team member has different opinions. Um, but when your staff is on board and they are actually engaged, not disengaged, um, they're going to be cognizant of that, right? So, they're not just going to go out and quote unquote, kind of blaze a trail, you know, and, and ruffle feathers everywhere just to do it. Yeah, I don't think we've had, had that happen yet, but it's, it's great advice. I know um, the name of the company, but tell me if I have the story right, is your philosophy is I'd rather have an ugly mug that gets results than a beautiful design that does absolutely nothing. <laughs> what are some of the ways that we can differentiate ourselves in this business environment we find ourselves in um, and create our own ugly mug that works? Yeah, absolutely. So the the name actually is a playoff of uh, a quote from David Ogilvy. So David ah. Ogilvy was the founder of Ogilvy and Mather. Um, they started that, I believe, in the 60s. Mm-hmm. And within about 15 years, it was the largest ad agency in the world. Uh, to this day, they're the, in the top 10. But by the by the way, don't not to interrupt. I got to tell everybody. It's like Ogilvy on advertising. If you have any interest at all in advertising or whatever, that book changed my life when I read it back when I got out of college. I mean, it's like many years old now, but fantastic book. Great advice too on hiring people in that oh, book. I, which yeah, it's fantastic. Absolutely, I, I second that. It is a great book. Um, his, that is his saying. So his saying was basically, I would rather have an ad that's ugly that gets results than a beautiful one that doesn't. Yep. And so the idea behind that is that um, oftentimes we get so enamored by glitz and glamour and the shiny, cool looking, you know, 3D animations of our logo and, and, and all these things that we get wrapped up in that we forget at the end of the day, marketing is about getting people to make a decision. It's about getting people at its basic level to raise their hand and say, hey, I'm interested in what it is that you're selling. I'm interested in what it is that you're doing. Tell me more. And so often, if we're not careful, we get so sidetracked on these byproducts of making sure that, that we've got the nicest looking brochure with the, you know, the thickest paper and, and all these things that we lose sight of the fundamentals, which is something I believe Lee mentioned earlier, Um, the fundamentals are so important that at the end of the day, it's supposed to move somebody closer to making that purchasing decision than they were before. Definitely. What ways would you say that marketing messaging is different than sales messaging? Something, so what a marketing practitioner would write, you know, versus what a salesperson would write? (laughs) It's a great question. And I would, I would, my argument would be that when, a marketer truly understands their job and their role. The difference between a sales letter, so to speak, a sales piece and a marketing piece, they should be almost interchangeable. 
So the job of marketing is to make the job of sales that much easier. And so I'm a firm, firm believer in everything that we do here. We are, we are firm believers in more of the notion of what would be called direct response marketing versus brand building or just quote unquote marketing that most people think of today. And so we love what we would call results-based marketing versus checklist marketing, which is just, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna complete 27 things on this checklist. We're gonna make X number of posts. We're gonna do X, Y, and Z. Instead, we wanna see results. We wanna see opt-ins. We wanna see new leads coming in the door. We wanna see sales close. We wanna see all the metrics that actually move the most important needle of all when it comes to sales and marketing, and that's cash in the cash register. You differentiated yourself in your comp set at the start by delivering those branded boxes of donuts to prospects. I, I heard that story you told Wayne. Uh, donuts, good choice. And uh, <laughs> I love donuts. Yeah. Too bad so we what, can't do that anymore. <laughs> I was gonna say, what other ways can you prospect business right now when we're in a shelter in place zone or wherever we might be? What ideas do you have for our listeners? Yeah, so um, the story of the donuts was we simply bought labels um, and we'd go pick up dozens of donuts and we'd stick our company labels on the donuts and we'd bring them around to people and, you know, just leave the donuts. Not much of a sales pitch at all. Just here's some donuts from us. Um, those things can still be done today. You just have to be a bit more creative. So, you know, in, in every city, there's different forms or types of food delivery services. So, you know, down here we have one called Waiter, we have DoorDash, um, yep. I know some place have Uber Eats. You can still leverage those platforms and those services to get your message creatively in front of people to this day. And what, what we find to be true is that oftentimes people would rather make excuses about all the reasons they can't do something mm -hmm. than actually take the action that they know they could do. They'd rather spend 30 minutes telling me all the reasons they can't do X, Y, or Z versus let's, let's just take the action and get the stuff done, right? I love it. So yeah, maybe, or it's, uh, it'd be probably easier to deliver a pizza directly to a prospect with a note or a card enclosed. I believe uh, back in my production days in Chicago, we did that to a network executive at, at, a, at a tech network out in California. <laughs> Just yep. have a police. Pizza delivered to the guy. We were and, and, and I had a, a prospect, for example, that, that was out in Salt Lake City who loved ice cream. So I had Jenny's ice cream, which is made here in Columbus, Ohio. And I had that delivered to him. And uh, that, that got, us, you know, got us a foot in the door and eventually got us a contract. So, you know, it's the, that kind of stuff. The other thing that I would say is true magic today. It's an old fundamental, but it's a forgotten fundamental. And that is the handwritten note. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, so when you have a prospect reach out, so they make a phone call, they, they leave a, a comment on Facebook, whatever it may be. The magic of them getting a handwritten note within a day or two in their, in their actual mailbox, I promise you, you're going to stand out immediately from every single other competitor you have. So what I would say is stack up some, some thank you notes, some just generic, they don't have to be anything custom or fancy, write them a thank you note. Thank you so much for taking the time to reach out. If you have any additional questions, love to connect and talk, drop your card in there. Um, some things that we drop on our cards now, we, we get some stickers made. So we've got some stickers with our logo on it. Uh, another one that's pretty popular is we have these just they're very inexpensive little coasters that you would set on a desk or a mm -hmm. table. And we will drop those in the thank you card as well. They're disposable coasters. You can use them a few times and dispose of them. Um, so standing out, it's easy to do. You've got to be willing to do the hard work. 
I've taken those coasters to bars and just randomly left them in bars. <laughs> just put them out there. It's like, <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah. Just to see what happens. Well, the mm-hmm. website is uglymugmarketing.com. And uh, Facebook also the same, Ugly Mug Marketing. And Wayne, um, do you, you, you're looking for business. Um, let people know how you'd like to interact with them. Do you, I know it says you don't have a Twitter on here. Um, want them yeah, to just go to the website or? Sure, the website's the best place. Um, my email, my email address is on there. All of our phone numbers are on there. Um, so you can contact you know, any of us, myself directly, or you know, just the, the general office if you'd like. And all of our links to social platforms are there as well. It's a very nice website, by the way. I enjoyed going over to it. So everybody check it out. Wayne, thanks for coming to the show. These are excellent, excellent ideas. We appreciate your thoughts. Yeah, thank you all so much for the opportunity to visit. I enjoyed it. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on iTunes, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at salesfuel.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.